You are listening to New City Servant Podcast. We hope you're empowered and challenged as we root deep into God's word in order that we might grow in the good news of King Jesus and live as faithful citizens of his kingdom right here in our city. Let's get into the scriptures now. All right. This is my favorite day of the year to preach. But, um, you know, I, I don't know if you've heard already this morning around the world, there have already been some tragedies that have happened. I don't know if you heard that in Sri Lanka, uh, several churches were bombed and over 200 people were killed and over 400 people uh, were injured. And so, you know, we have some freedoms here in this country that other brothers and sisters around the world do not have and that we're connected to them. No, we don't know them. We're connected to them. And so even as I pray for the word this morning, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for them. And Louisa, you can go ahead and come forward. Lord Jesus, we cry out to you on behalf of our brothers and sisters in Sri Lanka. Though we don't know them, you know them. And many of them have just uh, been taken from life to eternal life. And so we praise you that even in this tragedy, yet you are victorious. We just sung about the powerful name of Jesus and there your power worked. And yet, it's a broken situation in a broken world with broken people. And now many families are left uh, without their brothers and sisters and fathers and mothers and children. And so just as your power came to save people into eternal life, we pray that your, the power of your spirit would be there to comfort those who have lost someone. And though this feels like a tragedy, and it is, we know that you are still king. And so we pray that as those brothers and sisters were faithful in Sri Lanka, that we would be faithful followers of the risen Lord Jesus right here in South Florida. And we pray that that would even happen as you encourage us through your word right now. In your name we pray. Amen. Good morning, family. We're reading from Galatians 6, 11 to 18. Look at what large letters I use as I write to you in my own handwriting. Those who want to make a good impression in the flesh are the ones who would compel you to be circumcised, but only to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even the circumcised don't keep the law themselves and yet they want you to be circumcised in order to boast in your flesh. But as for me, I will never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. The world has been crucified to me through the cross and I to the world. For both circumcision and uncircumcision mean nothing. What matters instead is a new creation. May peace come to all those who follow this standard and mercy even to the Israel of Christ. From now on, let no one cause me trouble because I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. Brothers and sisters, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Amen. The word of God. 
We have been going through the book of Galatians, and we are going to finish that up today as I talk to you about new creation, new creation and missing what matters. On a morning in September about 10 years ago, in a Washington, D.C. subway, an average-looking man wearing a ball cap and pants walked into the subway station carrying a musician's instrument case. He walked into the subway and he opened up that case and he put it down and he pulled out a violin. He adjusted his ball cap and he put the violin up to his chin and he began to play. And he began to play very well some of the classic, classical music from out throughout history. He was a, a busker, a busker, someone that goes somewhere public and pulls out a musical instrument and just starts to play, opening their case, and anyone that wants to can walk by and just throw some change in. And this busker played for 47 minutes in that subway station in Washington, D.C., and during those 47 minutes, a thousand different people walked by, 1,000 different people walked by, and 27 of those thousand threw some change in. And the total of the change was just about $31. But the whole thing was really an experiment. The whole thing was really an experiment because the busker had stationed people around him. And as people walked by, those people stationed around the busker would say, uh, hey, we're doing a study on commuting. Can we call you later and ask about your commute time here on the subway? And a lot of people said yes. And so they called those people later, and it wasn't about commuting at all. They said, did you notice that man playing his violin? Did you, did you hear that man playing that music? And most people said, I, I think I may have heard something, but I don't really remember seeing it. I don't really remember, I don't remember seeing it. Most people didn't see him, only a few heard him, and only one person recognized him. It wasn't just any street musician. That busker was Joshua Bell, one of the most famous violinists in the world. He didn't play on the streets. He played in symphonies in London and Moscow, and yet there he was in Washington, D.C., in a subway station playing music. And he was holding a Stradivarius violin, a Stradivarius violin that was made in 1713 a 300-year-old musical instrument that was made with such precision that any dent in it would throw off the sound of the violin. He played that 300-year-old violin that was worth three and a half million dollars in that subway station, and only one person recognized who he was. Most people were busy, they had places to go, they had meetings to get to, they had dreams that they were pursuing there in Washington, D.C., but most people missed what mattered. Most people missed what mattered because they thought there was something more significant, they thought that there was something more pressing, but had they understood that they were passing by a world-famous musician holding one of the most expensive instruments in history, I think that they would have stopped and seen what really mattered. They would have seen that there's something more significant than their plans, than their time, than even maybe their dreams at that moment. Today, 
hundreds of thousands of people around the world will go to church. They'll gather, they'll talk to one another, they'll sing, they'll sit in the pews, they'll meet with one another, and they'll hurry out, and many of them will miss what matters. Many will miss what matters. Why? Well, I know that some of you came to appease a friend. You're like, I don't want to go, but I love you, so I'll let you drag me to church. And we, we get that. We know that a lot of people don't want to be here or don't want to be in church. But don't let that stop you from missing what matters. See, a lot of people look at church and they go, this is a religious activity and I am spiritual but not. Spiritual but not what? Religious. And I don't believe, and life is best lived when I avoid religion as much as possible. And all that's happening right here on Easter Sunday, all that looks like religion. But let me warn you, if that's your mindset, you will miss what matters. Some people say, look, life is actually lived better when you are religious, with this awareness of God. Religion is a good thing, and so I'm going to church today because I want to check off that box Make sure God's okay with me and be on God's good side. But let me warn you there too. If that's your mindset, you will miss what matters. Paul says this in 6.14. This is what we covered on Good Friday. But as for me, I will never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. The world has been crucified to me through the cross and I to the world. And then he says this, what we're going to focus on today, for both circumcision and uncircumcision mean nothing. What matters instead is what? A new creation. What matters is a new creation. Paul talks about circumcision and uncircumcision. And without getting too deep into that, what that basically means is people who come from a religious heritage and people who do not. And what Paul is saying is that doesn't matter and that doesn't matter. What matters is new creation. So you come this morning and you think this is about religion and you're not religious or you come to get a little religion, really that means nothing. That's not what matters. That's not even why we're here. What matters is new creation. And what that means, new creation, is this phrase that Paul uses. And what he's trying to say is new creation is not about you changing yourself from the outside in. It's about God changing you from the inside out. New creation isn't you trying to find some spiritual being out there to connect you to you. Rather, it's about God coming and living in you by the power of his Holy Spirit. New creation means inward spiritual renewal. It is a spiritual rebirth. It's a spiritual resurrection, a transformation by God's power that is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. On Good Friday, we celebrated and we remembered and we reflected that Jesus died on the cross in our place. That when Christ went to the cross, The judgment of God was placed on him, and by believing in Jesus and trusting him and repenting of your sins, you are freed from God's judgment. You are cleansed, because no one is good according to God's standards. Because of our rebellion, 
because our failure to keep God at the center of our lives, because of our sin against his commandments, we are under the justice of a just judge. But the cross is our opportunity to let Jesus bear justice for us. See, God isn't just just, he's also loving. And so in God's love, he sent Jesus, who came willingly to die in your and my place. Jesus went to the cross and received the justice that we deserved. He lived the life we should have lived and died the death we should have died in order that through his death, we might live. Because that tomb was empty on the third day. We read about it in the beginning. Cross to tomb. But on the third day, by God's power, Jesus was raised up. His body was dead. There was no pulse. And by God's power, he came to life. New creation. Now, many people hear that and go, "Uh, Pastor, science much? Resurrection, dead life? Come on. And I get that. I really do. I get that. And what we're not saying is that science isn't something that we can look to for wisdom. But what we're saying is God is above science and he can actually enter in by his power and alter history. And the resurrection isn't illogical. It is actually quite logical. Because we read about the resurrection this morning from men who wrote it down. Now, some say they made up the resurrection and they wrote it down, but we read earlier that Paul said, listen, 500 people saw the resurrected Jesus at one time. So it wasn't the authors writing it down that created the resurrection. Rather, the resurrection happened and then they wrote it down. And by Paul saying 500 people saw it, that's his way of saying, fact check this. If you think this is false news, there's 500 people who saw him alive. And yet what we see throughout history is that testimony of Jesus being risen from the dead didn't get squashed. It was verified. It still exists because he did rise from the dead. And over 500 witnesses saw him. The New Testament writers didn't create the resurrection. Rather, the resurrection created the New Testament writings and the faith began to spread, which is bizarre in and of itself. Because the main symbol of Christianity is a cross and an empty tomb. And that cross to us has become largely a spiritual religious symbol, but it did not mean that to people 2,000 years ago. It was much more similar to an execution chair. It was an object of shame and misery. And yet, with that as the center, people said it's true. And the Christian faith spread. And though there were opportunities to talk to eyewitnesses and say he must not have risen from the tomb, when those eyewitnesses' accounts were presented, people go, it all matches up. Because Jesus really was risen from the dead. And these men did not make it up to gain power because really they lost everything. The apostles, it's said that they made it up because they wanted to gain power. But as soon as... They began testifying about the risen Lord Jesus. They actually lost power. They lost friends. They lost family. Their life got worse. Why make it up if it's not beneficial unless it's true? Peter was crucified upside down 
because he testified that he had seen the risen Lord Jesus. Paul was beheaded because he testified that he had seen the risen Lord Jesus. These men's lives did not get better. They died, just like our brothers and sisters in Sri Lanka died today. But what's amazing about their life is the dramatic change, the new creation that these men became. Peter went from fear at the cross to bold faith after he saw the resurrected Jesus. He went from being self-protective to self-sacrificially loving. Because in the power of the resurrection to raise Jesus bodily from the dead, to bring his body from death to life, is the same power that changed these men from the inside out. And that can change you and me from the inside out. See, a lot of people want God to change their circumstances. God, give me a new car. God, sometimes give me a new boyfriend or girlfriend. God, give me a new house. And sometimes God does that. But what God always wants to do is change you from the outside, from the inside out. From the inside out. He wants to make you new inside. He wants to give you a new spiritual heart. He wants to make you alive to God. He wants to give you a spiritual rebirth to make you a new creation. He comes to live inside of you and transform you so that the resurrection didn't just happen to Jesus' body. It happens to your soul. It happens to your spirit. It happens to your heart. You become a new creation. And see, that's why when we say, listen, I'm going to go to church on Easter to get a little religion, or I'm going to go, I got dragged here, I'm not religious, but I am spiritual. Those miss the point. It misses the point. You miss what matters. Because God wants to bring a spiritual resurrection in your life. A new creation that you do not have to earn that you do not have to pay for. It is a gift that Jesus paid for on the cross for you, and it will change your life. You see, that's what happened to Candy and Alan, who were just baptized this morning. It wasn't just that they came up here to turn over a new leaf. They didn't step up here to try harder and make a commitment to try harder to you. No, rather, this was a symbol that God's spirit is working in them, that they have been cleansed from their sin and made new, and that the Holy Spirit is making them more like Jesus. Like all of us, both Candy and Alan have reasons that their lives could be marked by bitterness, regret, frustration, and living for self, just like the rest of us. And yet, What we're seeing in their lives is that they're progressively learning to forgive. That their lives, though they're not perfect, their lives are being marked by joy and peace. And most importantly, they're growing in sacrificial love for other people. That is new creation. That is what God is doing in their hearts. And if you know Jesus, that's what God is doing in your heart through the power of his Holy Spirit in you. God is in the renovation business. 
That's what new creation is all about. About 15 years ago, I lived with a family in Nashville. It was a pastor, and I lived in their basement. And the house that they were living in had just been renovated when I moved in. And neither me nor the family had seen the house before the renovation. And one night, I was home alone at their house, and these, this knock on the door came. And there was like four teenage kids outside the door. So I opened the door, a little cautious because it was night. I said, hello, can I help you? And they said, um, this is weird, but we used to live here. And the house looks totally different than when we lived here. We know this is weird, but is there, is there any way that we could come in and just see the transformation of what's happened in this house? And I probably, you know, should have asked the owners of the house, but I was like, sure, come on in. And these, these four teenage kids walked around, and their jaws had just dropped open, and their eyes were as big as quarters because everything had been transformed. Everything had been renovated. That wall is falling apart, and now it looks beautiful. Th these floors, they used to be stained, and now there's this beautiful wood. It was as if they couldn't believe their eyes. It was as, as if they couldn't even recognize it. Just as that house was renovated, so God wants to renovate you. You're still you, but he wants to put his spirit in you that he might change you to be a person that's more loving, joyful, patient, kind, good, faithful, gentle, has self-control, he wants to make you more like the risen Jesus. We're going to explore this in the coming weeks starting next Sunday, but this is not about you going, try to be more loving. Could you just do that a little more? Put on the virtue of being gentle. This isn't a list for you to check off. This is the power of the resurrection in you that God is committed to bring and produce and renovate in you. Many people reject this based on what's common in our day is do-it-yourself spirituality, but God wants to totally bring a spiritual rebirth, the power of the resurrection, not just in Jesus' body, but in your soul, in your heart. When Jesus collapsed on the cross from carrying the weight of your sin, he was put in a tomb, he was buried in order that he could come to new life, and that you might have the power of new life in your life. So let me encourage you, even if you reject religion, you know that things are not the way they are supposed to be in this world. And we know that just by talking about what happened in Sri Lanka. And though you reject religion, you don't have an answer for that. Well, God's answer is people with resurrection power in their life. They'll go into the world with more love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. To be present in dark places, in broken situations, with the resurrection power in them. So don't reject religion because it doesn't look like what you think it should look like. Wrestle deeply with what we're saying here about the power of the resurrection. Because it's different than religion. You can embrace religion and still have a dead heart. Don't miss what matters this morning. 
What matters this morning is the death of Jesus on the cross for your sins. He went to pay the price that you deserved. He went under the wrath of God and the judgment of God so that you wouldn't have to. And he was put in the tomb. And on the third day, by the power of God, he came to life in order that that power might be at work in your soul and change you from the inside out. If that resonates with you, you would say, listen, I'm not a Christian, but what you're saying, something's happening. That is this power beginning to work in you right here this morning. And where God is leading you is to turn over your life to Jesus. To say, my life I have run and it has gotten me nowhere. And I see how it is an offense to God. But this morning even, I want to begin the process of having a spiritual resurrection. Not by my own power, but by the power of Jesus. Through being forgiven by looking to him on the cross. And having a spiritual rebirth through the power of the resurrection. I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up. And as they come up, I want to invite you to respond to what God has done through Jesus Christ and the resurrection. You can stand and sing. If you're a believer and you need prayer, there's going to be people in the back who are willing to pray for you. But if this morning you say, I need a spiritual resurrection. I need to repent of my sins and look to the cross and have the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of the resurrection work in my life. I'm going to be standing right down here in the front. If you want me to come, if you want to come forward, I would love to pray for you so that you could begin that journey of resurrection life with us. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you have defeated death and sin and the devil. We thank you for the confidence that we can have in you. We pray for those who are wrestling, Lord. Would you comfort them right now that you love them and you want to walk with them? In your name we pray, amen. Would you stand and sing? If you need prayer, you can be prayed for in the back. And if you want to come forward, I will be down here waiting.